What up, man? Sit down. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Oh, man, I'm digging that cowboy hat, Mike. Like And I'm Ray Ray all day. What up, Ray? What up, my man? What up, Ray? What's going on, Fritz and Johnny? How are you? <laughs> well, I'm doing great, man. Yeah. Well, that, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm holding out because it all depends on what's going to come out of your mouth next. <laughs> oh, you never That's know. That's going to really dictate how I'm feeling. Right? I'll tell you right now. <laughs> oh, boy. If I got to hear any more damn Dukes of Hazzard, uh, friggin', you know, legally drunk. <laughs> intoxicated. <laughs> intoxicated. My bad. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I've been thinking about this all week, Fritzy. Maybe you could chime in on this, too. I'm sitting back and I'm listening to this guy. Like, he's like, oh, I got this great story for you guys. Man, this is crazy, you know? And he starts off with talking about, well, I was legally drunk. I was intoxicated. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I was hanging out with Biff and Chad and Thaddeus. (laughs) You know, most dudes start off like, dude, I was really shit-faced. Not right. It's like, I was legally intoxicated. I was beyond the legal limits. I mean, is that how the rednecks do it, dude? I don't know, man. How many cans of Schlitz was that anyway, bro? Perhaps, maybe. look. Miller Lite. Miller Lite. Hey, when I was in the military, we used to drink that old Natty Light. Oh, yeah. Natty Light's not bad, but Miller, that's piss water. That's it. You You know what? I can't. That Milwaukee's best, baby. Oh, yeah. Old Milwaukee. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) That <laughs> put some hair on it. I'll tell you right now. You drink some old Milwaukee. Good friends were made from Michelob. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, <laughs> what, what's up with that look on your face? You're making me real nervous. Oh, man. I'm just contemplating, man. Contemplating what? What'd you? Contemplation. You know, it took me the last three minutes to come up with that word contemplate. Oh, yeah, man. I, what, I seen you looking at your phone. Would you look it up? Yeah, I had to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you use it in the right context oh right? man oh crap i gotta google that one too now yeah no kidding but hey you know what last week's podcast was cool oh yeah man. i thought so that was a blast it. yeah was it was a, was a good time you know you know what i found out johnny what's that we are in two more countries dude you kidding me right now no nope what were they fritz belgium Ooh. What's and, up, man? How the men in Belgium doing? In huh? Indonesia. Indonesia. Nice. Welcome to the house. We love you guys, man. Thanks for checking us out. Woohoo. Hey, we got it right that time. Hey, and I got some <laughs> I, I got some really good news tonight. I was talking to Fritz. He's looked some things up. Turns out we haven't been thrown out of Ireland. You know? Yeah. We got 23, 23 listeners right now in Ireland. So we've actually grown a little bit. You know? The, the blue- I know it was still a uh, one Aussie. Yep. Mate. Hey, mate. One mate. What up, mate? <laughs> Crikey. The, the blue cowboy didn't run us out of Ireland. No, the blue cowboy didn't. Yeah. Dude, let's just leave that alone for right now, okay? <laughs> I mean, don't give them a second chance to change their mind. Oh, man. Hey, they know they know a couple good Irishmen when they see them. <laughs> see them, I want to say. There you go. Hey, yeah. we did that one live podcast. Oh, they did. Yeah, that's right. We did like, one That's live. the guy running after the ice cream truck. <laughs> No joke, he really is. <laughs> but hey, I wanted to thank everybody out there for listening. I wanted to make sure that you guys share us. 
make sure you share us, guys. Uh, we're on Facebook, the Battle Podcast on Facebook. And uh, if you got any questions or you got any topics you want us to hit on, or if you <laughs> just want to shoot the breeze, hit us up on. Uh, I don't our- get it, man. We're not hearing from any men. Where the hell are all the men at? I don't. I don't get it either. We know where the women are. We hear from them. Yeah, because they're tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're tired of it. But yeah, you know, I mean, dudes, they're kind of finicky. They don't. Yeah, they're fickle. They don't want to. A lot of guys, it takes a little bit for them. They don't want to put their business out they're there. Business, they don't want yeah. their business out yeah, there. You hang around about that. Well, you know, and and I was thinking about it too. A lot of guys, we're 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 out there trying to hand them tools, basically just trying to give them some tools on how to how to do things and you know how to work things out. Somebody puts a tool in my hand, I'm going to work. So that's yeah. what I hope's happening. I hope I hope these guys out there are getting getting the tools and are going to work. Well, we've had, to work. we've had over 900 downloads, so somebody's listening to us. Somebody is. I mean, Somebody. we're not we're not setting the woods on fire, but we know. Hey, we're 22 in. That's it, baby. That's it. That's not bad at all. But hey, make sure if you guys want to hear us talk on something, hit us up at the battle podcast at gmail.com. Hey, also they can hit us up on Instagram. We got that's an right. Instagram that's we pulled up. Compliments of the Mainer. Yeah, go Mainer. Thank you, sir. Dang, boy. But yeah, make sure you share us, too. How we is are- the old crowd daddy lately? Ah, oh, man, he's, he's softballing it right now. Softball. Oh, come yep, on, yep. man. Is he's he still really? trying them glory days. He's just like, dude, uh. <laughs> did you not hear our last episode? Get to the couch, sit down, get something to eat and shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> is he representing the sheep? Uh, no, he's, he's he's trying to be a lion amongst sheep. Oh, he is. He's giving it hell, yeah, that's for he's, sure. He's turned into Switzerland cod and he's officially become an American. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, make sure you guys that are listening, share us. We are on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're on all the different listening platforms. Uh, Amazon, um, Radio. Apple Podcasts, Apple, Radio.com, yeah. Stitcher, Spreaker. Hit us up. Share us. All, so whatever whatever your buddies are listening to on, the, on their podcast, you know, that we can be found. So just just share them, share us, and let's do it. Let's yeah, don't let Ray deter you with his red neckanisms. All right, <laughs> we're working on him. I think I got to get him hooked up with a therapist. I mean, last week he didn't know whether he was Bo Luke Duke or Daisy Duke with him shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what guy goes? Did he goes send out? you the picture? <laughs> Which oh, one? Oh, oh the one with the boots on. Oh yeah. Oh In man. In the kitchen. Oh my god. He's doing yeah, like the man. point. I gotta talk to his wife. She needs to slap him a little bit more. What do you mean? Time. She's the one who likes uh-huh. it. Likes it. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because she's just like my wife. She knows when you leave the house, nobody else wants. That's it. right. That's exactly. What it is. She's secure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you guys thought I was joking when I said you get to wear your shorts and your boots. Yeah, well, as you get older, dude, do us all a favor and put some pants on, will you? <laughs> Why the I hell would wear, you do that to your neighbor's stockings hey, or something? Hey, when full money Johnny's telling you to put some pants on, that must mean something. Yeah, I talked to the. <laughs> I talked to the neighbors. Truth, it's not good. <laughs> oh, it's not pretty. Not pretty. You know, it's funny. It was funny the other day I was talking to somebody about my call side full money Johnny, and they were like, you know. You can look at it from a couple of different perspectives. I said, oh, really? They said, you can either look at it from, you know, like the story you were telling when you were taking your tubby or, you know, the fact that you just put it out there, man. What you see is what you get, man. Full Monty Johnny. And there's a lot to see. Yeah. <laughs> I okay, like that, bro. man. There's, you know, you pull no punches. You're That's the it. full Monty, baby. That's it, baby. I like it. So. Go big or go home. Not a fat joke. Yeah, that, thank you. I, <laughs> thank, just claim. saying. Just saying. <laughs> oh, this, oh, man. You know what? If I had feelings, I'd stop hanging out with you guys. <laughs> if I had ice cream, I'd give some to you. If you had ice cream, I'd be over here every day. 
Good Lord have mercy. But hey, so this week, man, this week. Yeah, I put a lot of thought into this week because I wanted to talk about some things that, you know, I think that hit home for most men uh, and most sons. Right. Uh, and one of the things that I, I, I was thinking a lot about this week was the fact that it just kind of resonated with me. It's, it's, I'm not you. Right. And I think one of the toughest things I've had to realize, and I don't know about you guys being a dad, for instance, and it's just this part of it here is for the dads out there is that I, one of the toughest things I had to come to the realization is that my kids are not me. Yeah. I want to repeat that because I want that to sink in real good for our listeners because I think guys really struggle with this. Your kids are not you. You know, I'm a very aggressive, outspoken, in-your-face type of guy. I love sports. I love, you know, I just love to be out and, and about meeting people, meeting, greeting, laughing. I'm just, I'm just a loud idiot, right? Extrovert. Yeah, I'm an extrovert. Yep. Um, but my son, for instance, he's kind of introverted, kind of laid back, not very expressive, you know? And sometimes I can look over at him. I can tell that he has an inward struggle within himself because I think he looks at me as his dad and he thinks that that's the way he's supposed to be. And I think it's important for us as men to recognize what kind of a message are we sending to our sons or our daughters? Because one of the things I had to realize very early, like for instance, sports. I mm -hmm. love sports. I used to play football when I was growing up. I mean, we did everything. We played street hockey. We played basketball softball, wiffle ball with a tennis, wiffle ball, uh, use a wiffle ball bat with a tennis ball and a, te and a tennis courts playing baseball in there. I mean, what about cut ball? You ever never, hear a cut ball? Cut ball. You ever hear a cut ball? No, I mean, we were broke, but we could all, we could find a ball. Right? Okay. Well, let me tell you about cut ball, man. This is how, oh. this is how bad it was. You would take those wax cups that they used to sell Coke in mm -hmm. the little wax paper cups. You get about three or four of them and you ball them up really, really, really tight. And you take a broom handle or whatever the hell you could find. And that's what you played. Baseball that sounds with. like stick. The stick stick ball was played with an actual like uh, yeah. racquetball racket. Man, you, you rednecks had a rough dude. You couldn't get a dang ball. Ah, dude. You man, made... you dudes were broke. Hell, I lived in the projects. So we could find a ball. Come on, brother. <laughs> I hey. could at least steal a tennis ball from the neighbor or something. I think these guys just made shit just to say they made it. You dude. know what I mean? Let's yeah. get a couple cups and ball them up. Look, bro, I made a ball. Hey, I mean, dude. my oh. parents my parents were thrilled that I was a boy when I was born. This way, I had something to play with. Yes, <laughs> I did take a roll. I did take a roll like of masking tape from the garage and made a ball out of that. <laughs> but going back to what I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by my friend Red, over here, Redneck Ray, Ray cohort. Um, yeah, Redneck cohort. Yeah. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is is that we have to be very careful as fathers not to put a pressure on our kids to be like us. Because as I was saying, I was, I've always been into sports, right? So, you know, dad, you think, oh, I got this boy. He's going to play football. He's going to play basketball. He's going to be, you know, we're going to just have the greatest time. Well, my son wasn't into sports. I mean, he liked watching them, but he definitely didn't like playing them, you know? Right. I'll never forget the time I had him sign up for basketball and he played one season. And I said to him, I said, Hey, you, you want to play again? He's like, nah. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, I don't like practice. And, you know, me be who I am. I'm like, yeah, well, you're never going to be any good then. That's just how it works. Yep. I'm like, bro, you think Kevin Durant or LeBron James or Michael Jordan or all the greats they talk about didn't practice? Right. And he's like, I just, I'm just not into it. I said, well, you don't have to be into it. You know, 
Because my thought process is always, if you're going to do something, do it to the fullest extent, do your very best, you know? Right. Yep. But you know, it was really difficult for me as a man to, to, to pull myself back and understand that my son's not going to play sports. It's just not in his DNA. It's not who he is. Right. Uh, and, and the issue though, we see a lot of times with fathers is that they, they push their kids in direction because they want to live vicariously through their children. Exactly. And it puts an immense amount of pressure on them because it's an expectation. And when they don't meet that expectation, they feel like they're failing. Right. And, you know, so from, from a father's standpoint, it's very important for us to understand that, you know, with our kids, that they're not us. Exactly. You know, it's a tricky balance too, because there are things as fathers that we need to teach our kids that they need to do you know, as far as respect others, you know, love others, uh, look out for others especially younger siblings or older siblings, even at that. So there are some things that we have to, it's a balancing point. We have to make sure what comes easy for us because we've been doing it for a long time. We have to make sure we instill that in our kids. But like you said, we can't be trying to make them who we were or who we want. Or who we wanted to be. be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where it gets very dangerous. Right. Exactly. Because kids are going to fail enough on their own. And you've got to reassure them that, hey, that's great. You know what? Let's stand up. Let's do something else. Let's try it a different way. But I think it, part of it too is you have this, this preconceived notion of what you think they're going to be. But the day that they're conceived or the minute you realize that they've been conceived, let's just put it that way. You have all these illusions of grandeur. Like, this is what my son's going to be like. This is what my daughter's going to be like. And one of the things that we lose sight of is, is that they're individuals. They're their own person, you know, and they have their own makeup and they're going to become who they are. And that, yeah, they're going to have our influences and we're going to teach them and we're going to guide them and we're going to try to show them the things that are of, of great importance or greater importance. But where it gets really tricky, it gets really dangerous is when we start expecting them to be a certain. Right. Because that's what we want them to be. Yeah. And then what it causes is it causes dissension, frustration, and resentment. And the toughest part about being a parent is there's no book. There's no books you can read. There's no, it doesn't matter what one doctor writes a book about or some psychiatrist says, because every kid is different. There's no manual to, to the kid. They don't come out with a manual. Okay, here's your kid. Here's your manual. Here's how, you, here's how it works. No, it never happens. And it's a constant learning process with your kids. You got to see how they react to things, how they react to stressful situations. My oldest daughter has a lot of anxiety. You know, so for me, that's a little weird for me because I'm very extroverted. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm with you. I struggle with it too. I, I, I tend to think I am uh, overconfident. I'm no. confident beyond my no, uh, right, my no. abilities. <laughs> beyond your ability? Yes. 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 <laughs> but my, my, my oldest Tell daughter. Tell the truth, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Transparency, baby. <laughs> but my oldest daughter, she experiences anxiety. And, and I mean, it gets to the point to where she will physically make herself sick. So that was a whole new twist for me, but I just needed to, okay, this is how she responds. So I need to make sure that when I'm getting her to do her studies or play her guitar and, and pushing her that, hey, look, if you want to get better, you've got to do this. You want to get better, you got to do this. If you really enjoy it, you have to practice. But if I, if I push too hard, she'll her anxiety will kick in. And then I feel like, complete crap at that point. 
It was funny. One time I remember my daughter decided she wanted to uh, play the guitar. And she'd already tried the piano and the keyboard. You know, she already went through that, got bored with it, didn't want to do it. And she picked up the guitar and I guess she went and had a few lessons and the songs that they gave her were these piddly little easy little songs. I guess it didn't take a whole lot to figure them out. So my daughter did really well with it. And one of the things I always told her, I said, you know, if you're going to play guitar, you're going to need to make sure you're going to your lessons and you're practicing. And I just had noticed that the guitar was sitting in the corner. And so one day I'm sitting there and she's in the living room. And she said, I said to her, I said, hey, uh, I've noticed your guitar. You haven't been practicing. What's the deal? And she looks at me in all seriousness and she says, well, I don't need to practice. I said, what do you mean you don't need to practice? She says, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and I said, excuse me? And she said, yeah, I'm good. I said, so you're good at playing the guitar, huh? She's like, yeah. I said, okay, pick it up and play Stairway to Heaven. What? I said, pick it up. Play Stairway to Heaven. Classic song. Everybody should know it. Most people to play guitar, play the crap out of that song. Pick it up, play it. Right. Well, well, I can't. Yeah, because you're not good. And my wife's looking at me like, I can't believe you're saying this. I'm like, she's not. You are not. You're not good because you're not practicing. Right. You know, you don't get good by just, you know, sitting in the corner and picking it up once a week and going and doing a couple of piddly little songs on it. If you want to get good at it, you've got to play it on a regular basis and practice. And, you know, I'm not going to look at you and blow sunshine up and smoke up your ass and tell you you're good at something when you're not, you know? And so she was kind of looking at me and I'm like, here's the bottom line. You either practice or you don't play. It's that simple. Like my son, he didn't want to practice. So he didn't play the, play the uh, basketball, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, so you've got to practice. And I'm a very direct person. And people say, I can't believe you told your daughter that. Told my daughter what? Well, you told your daughter that she wasn't good. She's not. She's not good. Why am I going to lie to her and tell her she's good? Right. She needs to understand, you know, that it takes work, you know, and dedication. Uh, uh, case in point, my son, you know, he, the basketball thing, right? So we we bought him this this basketball hoop and one of our, at our HOA, you can't have the hoop out in your yard permanently. So you got to take it down and put it in the garage every night if you want to use it. So we put it in the garage and it just sat there for months. One day I'm sitting there and, you know, my wife's talking and she was talking about my son and, and basketball. And she says, Oh, Sean, he just loves basketball. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> She's like, oh, yes, he does. He just loves basketball. I go, no, he doesn't. He does not love basketball. She says, how could you say that? I said, easy. He's got a basketball hoop that's been sitting in the garage for three months. Not one time has he asked me to take it out so he could play with it or use it. I said, if he loved basketball, he'd be shooting till his arms fell off. Right. He'd be bugging me every night to take it in and out of the garage so he could play. I said, that's what people do when they love something. You know, not let it sit in the garage. He loves the shoes and he loves the shorts and he loves the gear and he loves the wanting to be on a team. But he don't love the, the work that goes into it. Right. Yep. You and, know, that, and that's is a big difference. You know, you got to be straight with him. And, and when you tie that into parenting, that also takes practice. You're not just going to be a good parent by sitting there and watching your kids. It takes involvement. It takes practice. It takes failure. Well, it takes 
being honest with yourself. Right. It takes stepping back and looking at your children and being honest and saying, you know what? They're not really into this. Yeah. This is really not their thing. And, you know, me pushing him or pushing her to play the guitar or play basketball, that's not what they, that's not the desire of their heart. If it was the desire of their heart, it wouldn't be a push. It'd be, they want to do this. They'd be pushing me. You'd be playing catch up. Yeah. I mean, I love music. I love sports. As their dad, you know, I could be like, yeah, you need to practice, play the guitar. You need to play basketball. You need to play football. But you got to realize at the end of the day, they're not you. Exactly. And, you know, pushing them in a direction to fulfill your idea of what they should be is a very selfish act. Yeah, it is. And it's very humbling when you got to step back as a dad and go, you know what? I'm not going to be watching my son play sports because it's not his thing. But guess what? I still love my son. Right. You know, I love my daughter. I love them for who they are as, as people, their personalities, their sense of humor, the value that they bring to my life through having a relationship. You know, it's not, it's not what they do or the, you know, you need to be super aggressive like your dad or I can't love you. No, that's not how it works. I mean, there's a balance in everything that we do. And I think as fathers, we play such a crucial role role in their lives and it can be detrimental right. if we're not careful in the way, the message that we send, because if I push the sports, I'm telling my son, you're inadequate. You're not enough. You know, you're a disappointment. Same thing with my daughter with, with, with music. If I pushed it knowing that it wasn't a desire of her heart. That's what I would be speaking to her and speaking into her. Rather than me being honest and saying, hey, I know you're really not into this, so let's not play games about it. I think we got a lot of parents out there with failed hopes and dreams that live vicariously through their children, and that's why they push. Right. Well, I mean, you go to these these little league games and things, it's ridiculous oh, it's what the parents do. It's ridiculous. I mean, they they. I was coaching uh, flag football, and I had a father that came up to me because we were ten, with 10-year-olds, and because we were getting beat asked me if I wanted to use his 13-year-old son. I'm like, he's 13. He's like, yeah, that kid over there looks big. I'm like, look, I'm not going to cheat or, you know, it don't mean that much to me. This is flag football. Right. You know what I mean? But there are dads out there that, you know, this is their everything. Right. And their kids feel immense amount of pressure. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's unnecessary pressure. You know, kids, they go through enough crap, you know, just with themselves and their friends just learning who they are. And if you're pushing them to do something that they really have no interest or desire in, like you said, you're setting them up for failure. You're just going to keep, you know, adding that stress to them. So the trick to it is to find what they're interested in and get behind them on it. You know, it may not make sense to us because, you know, the way we grew up was completely different. You know, we didn't have phones and internet and all that, you know, we ran around on our bicycles, running to, running to each friend's house and seeing who's home, who's there and where everybody's hanging out. Kids nowadays don't do that. They just don't do it. It's well, a whole other world. And the other thing is, is what we have to realize is those days are gone. They are. They're not coming back. Yep. They're in the rear view mirror. And if we keep fixating on what, what it once was, we're going to lose sight of what it is. Exactly. You know, it's just like my brother and I talk all the time. We talk about, you know, my, our children. And it's like, you get so frustrated with, with them because they don't understand struggle or, or they don't understand what it means to want or to need. But you spend your whole life making sure they don't have to. Right. 
And then, then you get frustrated because they have no idea what that, that actually means or what it even looks like. And so you're getting pissed off at your kid because they don't, they don't respect or understand what it is to be in need when you've never, never allowed them or put them in a position to ever have to need anything. Right. And it's unreal. It's an unrealistic expectation. And we keep saying things like, well, back when I was a kid or we did this or we did that. Well, guess what? Those days are over. Right. These kids are different and, and they, they do things differently. They look at things differently. They interact differently. I mean, social media drives me crazy. Uh, how they, they FaceTime, they send videos of themselves, of duck lipping. I mean, all these other things that I'm like, what are you guys doing? I mean, it's me. I think a lot of it's all based in vanity. And I don't like, but I also have to understand as a father, that's how they communicate. That's what they do. And as long as your kids are staying, you know, being respectful and modest and having character and morality in what they're doing, you know, th that's the world they live in today, man. Yeah. It, it's completely different. They're not us. And that's, the, that's another section of involvement as parents that we need to be. We need to be involved in how they're communicating. What are they doing? What are they putting out there? You know, are they following the moral path, the true path? Because kids can get led astray super easy. Yeah. They can be baited into doing things. Well, what, do that, you, what do you think is going to happen if you're the type of father that's trying to push your kid into being something they're not? They're going to gravitate towards somebody and something else gonna that's going to accept them for who they are. Right. And that may not be the person or the group of people you really want them hanging out with. Because, you know, the next part of this, I think that's important is, is to speak into those, those, those guys out there right now. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and maybe you didn't measure up in your mind to what you thought your father expected you to be. Maybe in your heart, you felt like you always fell short or you weren't adequate or enough. And I just want you to understand something. I, I'm, I mean this fully. You are who you were meant to be. You can't be something for somebody else. You can, you've got to be true to yourself, whatever that may be. And you shouldn't be ashamed of that. And you shouldn't hold back on that. You know, you've got to be honest with yourself and honest with others. And I would encourage you that if you feel that way and you still, your father's still alive or you still have a relationship, maybe you need to sit down with your dad and, and explain to him or, and help him understand if, how you, he makes you feel in that situation. I mean, my son has sat down, he's, he's 19, getting ready to turn 20, and he's said things to me like, well, dad, I mean, sometimes I feel like you want me to be this way, I want me to be that way. And I keep telling him, son, I want you to be who you are. I love you just the way you are. I love you for who you are, you know? I just want you to make a decision or, or be assertive about what you're wanting to do with your life, you know? But as far as who you are as a person, that's who you are. I can't make you into me. I don't want you to be me. There's only enough room in this world for one full money, Johnny. Full money, Johnny, baby. <laughs> but Ned, like you were saying, my dad was that guy. Nothing I ever did was good enough. No matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, it was never good enough. Never, ever, ever. And I know in his eyes, he was trying to make me the best that I could be. He was pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. But no matter what it was, I remember one time, clear as day, he tells me, go clean the bathroom. It's like, all right. So I go in there and I clean the bathroom and I come out. He goes, you done? I said, yeah. He goes, you get everything done? Is it all done good? I said, you know what? It's done as good as I can do it. And if you don't like it, why don't you take your ass in there and you show me how what needs to be done? 
Ooh, oh yeah, Ray Ray. Oh yeah, spanked all day. That that did that did not go well. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend that to any of our younger viewers, but, our listeners, I should say. But <laughs> that opened his eyes as to what he was doing. Yeah. When when I mean I was probably 17, 16 years old, and I never really talked back to my dad. I I had luckily I had an older brother that I got to watch. Set the tone for you, yeah. Exactly. So I never talked back much to him. But when I did something like that, he kind of well, he got pissed as all get out. But then when he calmed down, he he kind of realized that, all right, I get it. You know, I am I'm doing too much. I'm going Nitpicking. too far. Yeah. So and and guys, it, it's hard to hear. Especially, I know it was hard for my dad to hear because it pissed him off to no end. Mm -hmm. It did, but it did open his eyes. So sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be willing to take, not take it, but think about it, contemplate on it. If something's coming out of your kid like that, you really got to think, why? Where's it coming from? I mean, how does it manifest inside of him? I mean, listen, we're trying to bring men up to be strong and courageous and stand bold and confident in who they are and whose they are. And if we continually tear our sons down or we make our sons feel inadequate, how can we ever expect them to face this world with a sense of uh, viciousness and veracity and intensity when they're always being told they're not good enough? Well, like you said earlier, you know, truly loving somebody isn't always everybody gets a trophy and oh you're just doing you're doing wonderful no it's it's truth there's yeah. a lot of truth there but it's backed with love so you've got to you've got to tell them if they're not doing something right or they're not they're really not trying to their fullest you've you've got to be honest with them but you've got to do it in love so that it builds them up and doesn't tear them down well love is never built on this. right right that's good i mean for me to look at my daughter and lie to her and tell her she's great and she doesn't have to practice I'm hurting her. Right. Because exactly. now she's then she's going to go think that she can play the guitar and make a fool out of herself in front of somebody. If I tell my son, you know, you're great, you don't have to practice, and he goes out there and, you know, he goes in a pickup game with a bunch of other kids that are out there every day practicing, it's going to be made a fool of. Right. You know, I mean, we got to be honest with each other, be honest with our children. And I just, I think it's important too for the dads out there, you know, Sometimes it's really important to take a step back and just say, I'm sorry. I've had to apologize to my son. Oh, yeah. Me too. You know, there are times I've made mistakes or I've made false accusations or had different ideas that he was doing something or he was saying something and he really wasn't. And I had to go back. Guess what? I got to say, hey, son, I'm sorry. I made a mistake, you know, and, you know, dads make mistakes. And the important thing is, is to understand that that doesn't make you look bad in their eyes. It actually makes you look better because when you can stand up as a man and look your son or your daughter in the eyes and say, Hey, I'm sorry. It teaches them that that's what a man does. He, he owns his mistakes. You know, my heart breaks a lot when I think about this topic, because I know there's a lot of men out there right now that feel inadequate, but they don't feel like they're enough. And I know that not every one of our listeners out there are on the same page when it comes to our faith. But I, I want to tell you this, God doesn't make mistakes. And I want that to resonate and burn deep. God does not make mistakes. When he made you, he made you exactly the way he intended you to be made. And you need to take pride and embrace that. 
and understand that sometimes some people will never see that. There are dads out there that are so stubborn and so prideful that they'll never say, I'm sorry. They'll never admit that they were wrong and they won't ever apologize to their children and they won't ever accept responsibility for the damage that they've done. That's unfortunate, but that's life. But for those men that are listening to this, you don't have to get that from your father. It's another place you can go for that. And that's the father. Listen, as I just said, God made you just the way you were supposed to be. And just like the title of this episode is, I'm not you. And that's okay. My son is not me. My daughter's not me. I have brothers. They're not me. You know, you ever notice like sometimes if you work at a job and you, you, one of your siblings is going to get, apply for that same place, they always want to assume that they're just like you. Yeah. Does, does your brother act like you? Does your brother work like you? Does he think like you? Well, no, he doesn't. He's different than me. He's not me. And that's okay. Yep. Men, it is okay that your son is not like you, that your daughter is not like you. Quit trying to make them into something that they're not. Embrace them. Love them for who they are. Encourage them. Build them up. Give them the support that they need to be the very best version of who they can possibly be so that they can go out in this world and make the greatest impact that they can make from being who they are. Don't cripple your children. Those of you that are older and you've had this situation happen in your life, don't allow this to cripple you. It's okay. You're perfect just the way you are. God doesn't make mistakes. And when you accept that and you are able to open your mind and your heart to that, your life and your thought process about you will radically change. And that, my friends, that's where the rubber meets the road. 